The Real Zodiac presents Retro Reels, a deep dive into the movies that made us, from cult classics to binge-worthy franchises. Join us for this time-traveling cinematic journey. We're sending you back to the future! And as always, your hosts will keep it real. Let's go. Who am I? You sure you want to know? The story of my life is not for the faint of heart. If somebody said it was a happy little tale, if somebody told you I was just your average ordinary guy not a care in the world, somebody lied. Welcome to the Spider-Man Retro Reels Collection, where we deep dive through all the Spider-Man films week to week leading up to the new film, Spider-Man no way home we're gonna have a hell of a time meet our host quentin he's a criminal that's who he is a vigilante a public menace amanda hey kiddo <clears throat> let mom and dad talk for a minute will you brayden he stinks and i don't like him and gary no one says no to me on this journey through the webhead cinematic feats you know how much I sacrificed! Is your spider sense tingling? Because there will be spoilers and mild language ahead. Whatever life holds in store for me, I will never forget these words. Great power comes great responsibility. Thanks for joining us. Now, let's get started. Tally-ho. Who am I? You sure you want to know? The story of our show is not for the faint of heart. If somebody told you it was a happy podcast, if somebody said we were just your average host, not a care in the world, somebody lied. But let me assure you, this, like any other story worth telling, is all about Spider-Man. Yeah, you like that? That that sounds familiar, honestly. (laughs) I feel like I've heard that somewhere. Right, so... Welcome to the first of many that we are calling The Real Zodiac Presents The Retro Reels. And you probably heard our new uh, introduction that was actually done by one of our co-hosts here, uh, Brayden. Yeah, me. I did that. (laughs) Hope you guys liked it. Yeah. And then, uh, of course, with this show, we have a total of four hosts. So, of course, you know me. I'm Quentin. And then uh, Brayden was just introduced there. And then we also have our lovely co-host, Amanda. Hello. <laughs> and our newcomer who is kind of dipping his, wow, dipping his feet. There we go. That's <laughs> <Those> water. <laughs> <laughs> dipping what? Dip, yeah, I'm oh, trying to man. Dip the toes. <laughs> <laughs> dipping his toes into the podcasting waters. We're going to welcome for the first time, his voice is going to be, heard on a podcast we are just hyping him up way too much but yeah, i want to cool. welcome gary hey there uh super <laughs> excited to be here my name is garrison woods and yeah i'm ready to talk about some spider-man yes all right so you brought That's it up the attitude we're uh we're diving into our first retro reel collection of spider-man so before we get too much into it i do want to say that our retro reels like i've mentioned in our suicide squad review 
is basically the films that we want to do that are in a collection or a franchise. And we are going to kind of release these not as bonus episodes, but as additional episodes for you guys. And it's going to be a lot of fun. I'm really excited to do this. And the fact that we're starting with Spider-Man, I don't know if there's anything more to be hyped about because we have Spider-Man No Way Home coming out in December. And so I thought it would be a perfect time to kind of dive into the collection of all these different Spider-Man films. I mean, there's like a total of 13, 14. I mean, there are two that we're not going to talk about, one of them being a Japanese film because I don't want to alienate Gary from oh. this Spider-Man experience. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so here we are, we're talking about Spider-Man and, um, we're talking about the 2002 Spider-Man that was directed by Sam Raimi. Um, I'm kind of curious. I want to start with Amanda. What is your history with Spider-Man, the Sam Raimi film? Um, I remember going to the theater to watch this one. Um, rewatching this. I feel like I'm so old now uh, because I'm <laughs> I'm in the same age range as, you know, these three, you know, young adults in this film. <laughs> but seeing James Franco, oh, my gosh, he looks like a baby. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I remember watching this in the theaters and I just can't help but think that um, – Raimi doing this film and really paying homage to the the 60s comic and the kind of the cheekiness didn't just set a standard for the Marvel Cinematic Universe we have now. Mm-hmm. Because yeah, totally. Ah, uh, yeah. This is a good a good uh, a good film to go back to and I'm just going to say it now like Tobey Maguire's like pretty much my favorite spider-man and it's definitely from this from this movie from this original gotcha okay um <laughs> i'm gonna go ahead and switch gears a little bit to gary who i love to hear your thoughts on uh the history of you and this film so please fire away well yeah um well i remember seeing this in theaters as well i was born in 2001 of course so no i'm just kidding <laughs> no obviously i did not watch this in theaters I, this is actually my first time watching it like um just uh recently um and i feel like i have a little bit of a different experience with it than probably you amanda of course but then also probably most people in general because i mean uh, this wasn't really the Spider-Man of my generation, I feel like, yeah. you know. So, but I I mean, just in general, I think it's a great movie. Uh, not my favorite Spider-Man, though. And Tobey Maguire, uh, you know, I, I'm not sure what exactly the issue is with him. But <laughs> uh, I, I don't know. I was a little taken aback, I feel like, at times with his performance. So that's all I'll say for now, maybe. <laughs> okay, all right, okay. Um, and then Brayden, what about you, man? Um, okay. Uh, so I was force-fed this whole, you know, the early 2000s Spider-Man trilogy by Quentin my entire life. Um, and he had the toys and everything. He watched the movies every time they were on. But this was the first time I actually sat down and chose to watch this movie. And um, I guess... 
it, I think it was a good thing because I, I obviously knew, you know, what the movie was about and knew what to expect. But um, it was cool watching this movie and actually realizing, oh, yeah, this came out six years before, you know, the MCU even started. And and I just I just think, you know, it really did shape up like how these these superhero movies are going to be and especially how um all the spider-man movies are made afterwards i feel like this movie sets the standard maybe or just says or shows us you know this is this is how entertaining a superhero movie can be and yeah. i was i i enjoyed it a lot more than i thought it w- i would um and i'll just say that i guess okay yeah, so Braden said it best. I uh, definitely force-fed him this film. I force-fed everybody this film when I was uh, growing up because uh, I, I can I know your generation's Spider-Man is Andrew Garfield, yeah. right, Gary? Yeah, yeah, I would say yeah. so. So, I mean, this was uh, – Tobey Maguire was my Spider-Man. I mean, he still is. Um this film came out at a very impressionable age. I was maybe seven and watching this in the theaters, you know, there's, there's this <laughs> meme going around that, you know, whenever you're a young kid, you kind of become the personality of the main character of a film. <laughs> and then you leave the theater, you know, with that in your mind forever. Well, mine never left. I I still feel like I'm Spider-Man and the Tobey Maguire Spider-Man because there's going to be instances that we talk about in this film that I definitely did as a kid. Like I would flex in the mirror like he does whenever he gets his spider powers. Um, I would try to thwip my webs all the time. You know, I had constant dreams about being Spider-Man. I had all the toys, um, even Mary Jane in her outfit that she wore during the uh, Macy Day Parade or whatever is going on there. Like I had that <laughs> toy with the balcony that she hangs off of, you know, that was an actual toy, people. Um, they, I, I had so much to give to this film because it really did just shape who I am and who like I became because I had a very strong connection to Peter Parker, as many people would. I mean, he's one of the first superheroes where he's brought down to Earth and, mm-hmm. you know, he's he's just a kid from, you know, Queens. He's not a mystical god with a magic hammer or a star spangled man with super serum running through his veins. He's just a kid from Queens who got, got bitten by a spider and <laughs> that's that, you know? And so seeing where he goes in his adventures and everything, not even through this film, but like through the Pantheon, a uh, pant, whatever that word is, Pantheon of Spider-Man, the comics, everything has always just been about this kid from Queens. And so there's just something so relatable to that. And yeah, I took this to heart. I mean, like I said, this was, this was my definitive trilogy in my life. It still is. And I know I'm showing my hand a little bit, but yeah, this is my favorite trilogy ever made. You know, I have this above everything I've ever seen because it was just amazing to me. So I mean, I don't know if <laughs> there's really that much of a secret, but I love this film. And I acknowledge that this film isn't as good as Spider-Man 2 to many people. And I agree. 
But this is number six in my top 15 films of all time. So, yeah, I <laughs> does that show my hand just a little bit, Amanda? I hope not. You know, <laughs> but yeah, so I love that uh, we have somebody on here who uh, has never seen this film, somebody who was forced to watch this film, somebody who lived it, you know, as I mean, what? Were you in your 20s, Amanda? Like teens? Yeah, I was about uh, 21, 22. Okay. Yeah. And then, I, yeah. I remember this. The thing I remember about this film is like the trailer came out and the trailer had the Twin Towers. That's and right. And they oh. had to pull the trailer and edit it because oh, that was the wow. same year as the attack. Wow. Yeah, I remember they had a poster of uh, his head and you saw the reflection of the Twin Towers in mm-hmm. his eye. And yeah. that got pulled, but now it's like one of the highest, like eBay bidding items on uh, on eBay. Yeah, is that it's poster? Just, it's just so wild, so crazy to even when Christmas comes around. Yeah, yeah. right. <laughs> so kind of like I said, this film was directed by Sam Raimi and written by David Cope. And David Cope, uh, that name, if it doesn't sound familiar, just know that he wrote Jurassic Park. Mission Impossible and War of the Worlds, to name a few. He's actually done the subsequent Jurassic Park films, and he also helped with Jurassic World. So wow. he's he's got he's kind of got the like the feel of making a blockbuster film down. Totally. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think with what we talk about and the characters that we're introduced to, there's something very special about this film. And I think one of the first things we should probably talk about. Um. Well, actually, even before that, let me let me tell you the cast. We have Tobey Maguire as Spider-Man and Peter Parker. Kirsten Dunst as Mary Jane Watson. Willem Dafoe as Green Goblin. James Franco, Harry Osborn, Cliff Robertson, Ben Parker, Rosemary Harris plays May Parker. J.K. Simmons, J. Joda Jameson, and then a wonderful, wonderful cast of background characters. One notably, Joe Manganiello. However, you say that name. Uh, as Flash Thompson. So uh, 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 Octavia Spencer is also. In oh, sorry. Movie. Octavia I Spencer as, <laughs> my favorite as Ticket actress. Girl. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, we have this this wonderful cast of people. And I guess it should be mentioned that James Cameron was actually first attached to this film. And do you guys know who was going to be Spider-Man? No uh, I don't even know if I want to know. I can't remember. <laughs> Leonardo DiCaprio. Oh, <laughs> he told me that. Oh, yeah. man. Thank God. <laughs> yeah, no, I don't think when, that would have been. When James Cameron, who, you know, had the success of Titanic, was approached with maybe doing <laughs> this film, he wanted to cast Leonardo DiCaprio. And wow. David Fincher also had his hand in wanting to direct. And if it went his way, oops, sorry, that's a dog. Hold on. <laughs> Uh, David Fincher, if he was going to direct this film, he was going to make the uh, origin story, which is like basically 75 percent of this film, be a flashback. Mm-hmm. And then he was going to do the night that Gwen Stacy died. Oh, Ooh. oh, that's such a Fincher thing to do. Yeah, oh, I can't. I, agree. I, I cannot like disagree that, so. with this. Mm. Ah, mm. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah could you imagine being in that array of emotions you know 
And we do get a callback of the night that Gwen Stacy died in this film, you know, and we'll discuss it a little later. But some people were on the edge of their seats thinking that maybe Mary Jane wasn't going to make it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, but we'll get to that. Kirsten Dunst. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but my first question of many that I'm going to be asking today is, of course, does this film seem dated? And we're going to start with Gary. <laughs> um, well, I think just going off of what I was saying earlier, you can probably tell where I where I stand on this little discussion or issue. Um, yeah, definitely. I would have to say it does seem a bit dated. There are the CGI moments that were, you know hard to watch almost and but it's is it really that big of a deal no i don't think you can i I mean i don't think a good movie has to you know it's just all about the cgi or the special effects you can tell a good story without having to have these amazing amazing oh my gosh amazing uh you know special effects and everything but i think it is a little bit dated not gonna lie okay um what about you amanda yeah, uh, I mean, other than the fact that, like, these actors I've grown up with, I mean, like, <laughs> I was a cheerleader in high school, so yeah, of course, I watched Bring It On. I had a subscription to a cheerleading magazine that Kirsten Dunst, you know, like, was on the cover of. Um, <laughs> so, other, I mean, yeah, the CG effects are, seem a little dated, but in comparison to, like, just a few years before that, like, like was the Matrix and stuff. I mean, some of that stuff seems super dated when you look a lot of look at a, at a lot of the effects. But I still feel like it it rolls through pretty well. It's not too terrible. There's definitely movies that have been made after this that have worse effects to it. But yeah, other than um, me aging with these actors and this movie rewatching it visually making me feel older. Um, I I think it's pretty all right because they did. I mean, there was a lot of practical stuff that happened and there wasn't it was it was not heavy handed. So it didn't take me out of it Mm -hmm. in the rewatch. Well, I think it's really good to mention that Sam Raimi developed this camera that he would put on a crane and basically like a bungee cord type deal called the spider cam. So anytime there's a shot in New York where you were following Spider-Man swinging through the city. That's all real. So none of that oh, is CGI. Oh, that's amazing. And the only thing that is obviously CGI is Spider-Man. But mm-hmm. I, the one shot... Oh, God. Look, I, I promised Braden I would <laughs> control myself with this one. But the last shot of this film where we see Spider-Man going through the city and it's like this amazing, spectacular set, that's all practical. Everything that you're oh, seeing. Oh, I love that. Yeah, it, and it's all one single cut, you know, and that's all. And the only thing that CGI is, you know, Spider-Man, who um, I think looks pretty damn good still. Uh, just especially in that shot. You could tell that that was the money shot for them. Yeah. Um, that's where they put a lot of money to make sure that looked the best. But, yeah, I, I agree with you guys in saying that some of it is definitely dated and – I, I like to think that with that fil- with this film and then with Daredevil, which you know came out uh, maybe a, a year or two after this, you can see how bad the CGI could have been, you know. And are is it just you and I, Amanda, in thinking that it's nostalgia getting the best of us for putting this higher 
because of that factor. I mean, look at it, looking at it from Gary's point of view, the CGI does probably look bad because mm-hmm. we're used to seeing, you know, even in Amazing Spider-Man, the CGI looks really good. There's some really good shots in there. And then in uh, the the recent Spider-Man films, I mean, it, it does. It looks a lot better, but there's just something about the way that he moves in this film that obviously, yeah, it looks a little more supernatural, but it still, to me, holds up. And that might be the nostalgia factor, but fuck you. It still looks <laughs> amazing. <laughs> you know? It didn't take me out of it at all, but yeah, I think it is a little bit of the nostalgia. And like for me, this was, I mean, yeah, I was uh, a young adult watching this, but it, this movie was such a big deal because I mean, I grew up with, like, when I was really little, there were some live-action TV shows with Spider-Man and, you know, of course, uh, Linda Carter, Wonder Woman, stuff like that. But this is, I'm trying to think, like, this is one of the first movies where it really did, I mean, it's essentially the first comic book movie in my mind. Yeah. And... It it was a super big deal. Like everybody went to go see this movie, whether you knew the history of the comics or not. But I mean, everybody knows Spider-Man. Everybody grows up knowing who Spider-Man is. I think he's the most favorite comic character. Like ever. I mean, like I know my nephews haven't uh, seen this film in particular, but. Even before the MCU stuff, I mean, they knew who Spider-Man was. Like, it's just kind of like one of those given things. Right. And, I mean, Sony really, really, I don't think they understood how, like, what they had when they bought this. You know, they had a legacy of, you know, comics that dated back to 1962. I mean, this is Stan Lee's favorite character. So, like, this, this... this was something that they had to get right. And yeah, they made attempts um, at making this film in like 88. Glad they didn't, you know, they, they waited. And I think it's good that they waited to let the technology kind of catch up and having Sam Raimi, who is a very big comic nerd. Yeah. That like paid he, off. Yeah. It he had like <laughs> 25,000 copies of comics, you know, or something like that. Yeah. Something some crazy amount. Right. Um, so I think it was good to have this kind of be in his hands and we're talking about the director who did evil dead, you know, and army of darkness, like getting handed this film and could it have been any better, you know? Um, so I kind of want to get into that a little bit and I'm going to kind of open this up to Braden because I'm actually really curious to see what, how he kind of views this, but what did you think about the characters of Peter Parker, like our, our main three, let's stick with that. Our Han, Leia and Luke of the, the series here. We have Peter Parker, (laughs) right? Peter Parker, Mary Jane and, uh, Harry Osborn. Uh, I would say, um, I do think like I, I, we were talking briefly earlier. I said, my favorite thing about this movie is the casting is because, I mean, I feel like every single character, I couldn't imagine anyone else doing it, especially in this setting. And um, and I and I think that the writing's pretty good. Um, and and I, I feel like Peter Parker, like 
instead of <clears throat> like we're seeing the newer Spider-Mans, this quirkier kind of show-offy kind of everyone knows he's a clown kind of kid. Instead, it's he's actually <clears throat> sorry. Um, he's at the bottom rung of like the high school social, you know, and and I think he's I, awkward. Yeah, and he's an awkward kid. Yeah, and you <laughs> and you you can feel how uncomfortable he is when he's facing all of these you know these different firsts, um, and like when he's interacting with his uh, like the last time he's talking with Uncle Ben, you know that's the way he acts, the way it's written, it's all legit. It feels real and yeah and you know like when you're watching that scene he's like you're not my dad or whatever um you can you know like okay i would have totally said the same thing i would have done the same exact thing if i was you know in in those shoes but that's what makes it so real because i just feel like the characters kind of um work against themselves i think mj and um harry work against themselves the whole entire movie MJ is obsessing about a guy she knows she'll never be with, Spider-Man, um, and then dates Harry and is so obviously not into him, and then Harry is so unbelievably, you know, he's naive, a, yeah, to the to Everything. understanding because and especially MJ, yeah, I, I think it's really important to say that you know Harry's inner struggle throughout this whole film is that uh, he's never found love. No, uh, it's like <laughs> the, the only person that is supposed to give him that loving, you know, compassion, not compassion, but like loving relationship is his cold father. Yeah. You know, and I mean, we'll talk about Willem Dafoe in a second, but we're just, we'll keep him on the sideline mm. for now. But um, Harry doesn't know what love is. He only knows what wealth is and disappointment and not being enough. So, I mean, take, for example, when, you know, MJ has, it meets Spider-Man and gets saved by him for the first time. The first thing he says is, I want to buy you something because he feels that that's how you're supposed yeah, to cope. It'll with make stuff. you feel better. That's what yeah. he says. Um, what about you, Gary? What, what did you think of like the, the three characters that were introduced to um, kind of right away and just kind of like their evolution throughout the film? Yeah, I actually, I agree with some things uh, that have been mentioned, but I think I have a little bit of a different opinion. I think, um, Kirsten Dunst, I think her performance was like really great. I think she played MJ like, I mean, really well, honestly. I feel like what Braden was saying, um, I felt like her performance was really, uh, believable and it was, uh, just seemed very natural and I think she played it well. Toby Maguire, I know, uh, <laughs> I'm probably gonna get a lot of hate for this opinion, but I just feel like I'm not sure if the issue is him as an actor or the writing. <laughs> I felt the writing for him and especially um, Harry was something that just felt a little bit off, honestly. Um, Like, I understand, you know, Spider-Man is supposed to be like this, this, this goofy kid. He's kind of like you said, he's on the lower rung of the ladder, Um, but he's almost like I felt like him and um, James Franco, they were like dead the whole time. That's how I felt. Uh, I feel like especially with. Uh, James Franker, like his characterization, I get it. Like he's, you know, he has this cold father. He's, um, you know, all he knows is he, he fixes all his problems with money. He's kind of angsty almost. I feel like he gets angry a few times in the film, but that's really all. I, the only thing I saw in him um, or saw of him, uh, I feel like he didn't really take his character very far uh, emotionally or, or like 
I don't know. Um, he, I just felt like their relationship also, him and um, Toby, felt very just almost like a, um afterthought, which I know that can't be right because obviously they're, they're friends and everything. But like uh, their interactions were just very like stale, I feel like, and weird. I don't know. That's just my opinion. I, I was kind of disappointed with mostly James Franco. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure if that's again, I'm not sure if that's the writing or the their performance, but or maybe a mix of both. I'm not sure. I, I expected I, a little bit better. <laughs> I, I definitely agree. I feel like this movie would would and I think that's what makes the new Spider Man so good, is that he has that sidekick kind of. But Ned in this movie, yeah, and Ned and the MCU movies, but there's just no chemistry on screen mm-hmm. between them. To me, when they're when they have any scenes together, when they're living together, I mean, mm-hmm. obviously towards the ends, they're they're kind of spiteful for each other over MJ. But I just feel like before that, when they're best buddies, there's just not that. Yeah, it's like they just met on set. Yeah, it, is. Yeah. it feels like all right. Let me right, tell you. Are we done? One take. I feel like they just did one take. <laughs> yeah. And I don't know. Amanda, what about you? Do you kind of feel the same, or like, are we all idiots here? Um, I can I can totally get what you guys are saying, but yeah, I'm a I'm a James Franco nut. So um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> which is like you know, once we get into the next film, um, <laughs> yeah, I will say but, he uh, gets a lot better in the second one, and then just degrades of the third one it's just it's weird but we'll get yeah. into that later yeah like i know they're supposed to like quote-unquote be friends but it's not believable i guess you know like for me but um i totally totally get what you're coming from but um yeah but my favorite is just the interaction between toby and kirsten and because of that their chemistry was so good because they were actually dating during the filming of this movie. Oh, I had no I idea. Know. Yep. So, yeah, like that I said, makes so much sense. Stuff I do <laughs> growing up watching this. Yeah. Um. But no, <laughs> I just, I just uh, like the storytelling for uh, Peter Parker in this because even though yes, I love Tom Holland. Like he, he's a he's a treasure. Even though he you know spills secrets, which is amazing um but (laughs) but uh what i liked about this version of spider-man is always kind of like he didn't have obviously the help of like tony stark you get to see him uh like the economic difference and his awkwardness and his trouble with relationships and you know he has this crush on this girl and he can't like, I'm an awkward person. Like, yeah, total anxiety. So totally, totally relatable. And I feel like this movie kind of hit it on the head with all of that stuff with creating this character. And that's why I felt he, why I feel he's very Peter Parker slash Spider-Man. But, um, okay. oh, yeah, just the awkwardness <laughs> and the weirdness and. Yeah, he's not really friends with Franco's character. I feel like that was kind of like a almost like a forced thing because they're well, not going to be friends. There was drama on the set between those two. Oh, really? Um, oh, yeah. Uh, James Franco made fun of 
Tobey Maguire's eyes, called him like <laughs> said he has like frog like features. Oh man! And oh god, he uh, does. <laughs> he does. Yeah, he's got. And, <laughs> and Tobey Maguire kind of like really was like upset by that, and that kind of created a rift between the two of them immediately. Interesting. Yeah. But yeah, I just like how Raimi kind of like uh yeah nailed down all of these different aspects and uh yeah um. Yeah, like I, I know you said we're gonna talk about Defoe later on, but Well, he, we're gonna actually get into him yeah. now. Yeah, he wanted to play this character. Like wanted to a hundred and ten percent. And you can totally see that in this film. Yeah. And it's I mean, amazing. It's so good. It's mm-hmm. it's kinda weird because okay, let's this is gonna kinda be a melting pot question, so kinda bear with me, but the thing that I really enjoyed about this film is that it tackles an origin story for a superhero, an origin story for a villain, and then being able to tackle both of those plus move a move a story along where it's basically like that's that's all we need to worry about, you know, like we're not worrying about an end of the world kind of thing. Like this is as personal uh as person as personal as you can get when it comes to storytelling through the eyes of a superhero, you know, like Mm -hmm. everything that affects Peter is all personal. Um, And at the end of the day, like there's no end of the world. There's no turning uh, people into lizards. Yeah. I'm talking about amazing Um, (laughs) Spider-Man. There's no stealing Tony's tech or whatever. Like we're just dealing with the inner struggle of these two characters and how and it, these two characters I'm talking Peter Parker and Norman Osborn and how the intricate relationship of them how it just unfolds whenever they start realizing who each other really are and with that I want to talk about just just that I want to talk about Willem Dafoe as Green Goblin and how this was tackled so well all the way up to the Thanksgiving scene. I mean, everything with it was just perfect. So, I mean, Amanda, you were kind of going on about how he was perfect for this role. What, what do you think about this role was so perfect for Willem Dafoe? He just, um, delved into it. Like he absorbed that character and especially not just, uh, Osborne, but like the green goblin, like he, Totally. I can hear my dog snoring in the background. Hey, Sophie. Okay. Um, <laughs> but he just absorbed it. Like, he's one of the best villains from, uh, for me, in the just comic book movies. He's up there with Heath Ledger for me in this role. He just became evil and was, like, um, sadistic and absorbed with like wanting power and all of the wonderful things you want in like a crazy rich villain. Like, cause of course they have to have lots of money to make it even better. <laughs> they, they can do all of this crazy technology and stuff like that. But yeah, he just, and just like, just, just look physically it worked. And the fact that I think he wanted it so much, he really just became that character became that villain and sold it off really well. Um, I think what they could have done instead, they could have ditched the Power Ranger outfit that they give him oh, and just paint his face green. Power Rangers into this. It's not a Power <laughs> Ranger outfit. 
Oh no, but no. I'm just saying that like <laughs> the the exoskeleton like green goblin. I'm just saying that they could have just painted him green and put a purple hat on him and he'd be just fine. And oh yeah, just as sinister. <laughs> yeah, agreed, agreed. <laughs> um, Gary, what did you think of this villain versus the other? Like you've seen other super villains now, because uh, you're pretty well versed in the MCU and stuff. So I mean, mm-hmm. like. Did this supervillain work for you? Did like the the um, chemistry and just the turmoil between the two, like, did it work for you in a way? Oh, yeah, I totally agree with everything Amanda just said. And then um, also what you said about the costume, that, too. I, I wasn't a fan of the costume. It seemed a little too quirky or comical. I don't know. Uh, but everything else. um I mean, I felt like uh, what is his name again? It, it's Defoe, right? Willem Dafoe, yeah. Okay, yes. He did the part so well, honestly. Like, I, I think him and um, Kirsten Dunst did so well with their characters. And like you said, he, uh, you could tell he wanted that part because he was so uh, just so into it. You can tell. Um, and also, he has this look, I feel like, too, that is just perfect for this, you know, out on one side, you the cold... Uh, father, businessman, uh, you know, rich guy. But then also this, like, you know, the Green Goblin. He just looks like he would play someone called the Green Goblin. I don't know. Uh, so <laughs> yeah. I, I really Perfect. enjoyed his performance, and I thought he did a great job. Yeah. Yeah, I, I'm glad I'm glad that resonated well with you because, I mean, if you had a villain that fails, I mean, then you have half a movie that would fail. You know, mm-hmm. oh, um, absolutely. I think the way that Tommy McGuire and Willem Dafoe, their energy playing off each other mm-hmm. and meeting for the first time in the beginning all the way to the end where, you know, Peter comes to terms with you're you're not the father figure I thought you were, mm-hmm. because that's the, what this film deals with a lot is um, the a father aspect. And I mean, I'm. I'm going to just mention that like a big thing about this film and the big thing about Peter Parker's origin story is the loss and regret of Ben Parker, his uncle Ben. I mean, it's his fault. He, you know, he puts that guilt on himself Mm -hmm. and because of that, he becomes who we see as he's trying to be the bigger person in every situation with great power comes great responsibility that's been something that everybody has equated to Peter Parker and Spider-Man Everyone for eons now. Quote. Exactly. I wrote a <laughs> I wrote a speech about Spider-Man um, in 2014 that like kind of uh, because we had to just do a speech on something we loved, and I did it on Spider-Man, and I opened my speech with that quote, you know, Aww. and I mean I I rocked the hell out of that speech. I mean I, you know anyway. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> just wanted to, you know, throw it out there. But there's just something about this inner, like, torture of his origin story of, you know, he blames himself for the the murder of his Uncle Ben. And we see that in full force here. Um, they, they're just able to handle that so well and have him becoming spider-man and like getting used to his powers it's just the pacing of this film does such a great job of that and gary with kind of what you were saying like yeah maybe all the set pieces that we get such as the characters 
aren't like totally, you know, um, making it as believable for you. And I totally get that. But you have to admit that at least like the story that we're given really, really puts this movie at a higher standard than, oh, yeah, than no, other superhero films. Mm-hmm. Uh, what did you guys uh, think about the his like, you know, uh, self-made outfit going to the wrestling match? Huh. And that's where we get the name Spider-Man. In right. The- Donned by Bruce Campbell. (laughs) (laughs) What did you guys think? I love that outfit. I think it's it's even better than um, I don't know why I keep comparing this to the uh, Spider-Man Far or um, Homecoming. I keep but Mm -hmm. oh that homemade suit that homemade suit like it's a little yeah this one's (laughs) just like all right like I'm a spider now and I just I made the quickest thing I could, you know, because he just wants to fight and see what he can do. I mean, it's a graffiti, like, Spider-Man on his shirt, like a spider logo on his shirt. Spray painted on. (laughs) And like, a little, you know, hoodie mask. Yeah. (laughs) A ski mask. I love it. I think it's awesome. Mm -hmm. He could have worn it the whole time. (laughs) Let's not go that far. I think I'd be okay with that. And then he gets in the second movie. Oh, jeez. Yeah, I I mean that suit is iconic. I mean that's obviously it's kind of adapted from the Amazing Spider or not Amazing mm-hmm. the Ultimate Spider-Man comic, um, where he fights a wrestler and uh, in like a homemade suit and goes after his uncle's killer in that suit. But uh, yeah, I mean this suit was was something that you know we could obtain, you know like we could make something like this. I know. I mean, it's not it's not like a two million dollar suit that we get later right. on from Tony Stark. I think that's right. why I like the Tobey Maguire Spider-Man so much is because he feels more relatable. Like that grounded. Makes sense. Yeah. yeah. Like Grass this could be any of us from any neighborhood. And that's exactly what we would do if we got bit by like a <laughs> By a spider from a from like a, a museum tour or a school tour or whatever. Yeah, I I seriously like wish I got bit by a spider. Like that's how <laughs> that's how like much I wanted to be Spider Man was like I it it can happen right it, it has to you know. <laughs> so I'm glad I never went to that extreme, but yeah, it, it crossed my mind. So. But I love that's how he got his name though. It's like uh, the little promoter guy was like. Uh, what was it like? He said something. Or the human spider. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the human spider. Mm-hmm. And the guy's like, uh, yeah, that's a dumb name. He's like, and here <laughs> we have Spider-Man. He's like, he got my name wrong. The amazing. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's funny because like he's like, because <laughs> he has his mouth muffled because yeah. he's wearing a mask. He's like, it's the human spider. Yeah. <laughs> and then he turns around and he thinks he's not gonna go out. He's like, wait, do I go? You got my name wrong. They're gonna they're gonna call me a different name. Right. But then no, they start it chanting brilliant. it afterwards, and mm-hmm. it's just like, or, I just like his, how that happened. I don't know if that happened. Yeah. I mean, I'm pretty sure that does not happen in comics because we didn't have that sort of wrestling back then. But mm-hmm. I like that no. introduction of the name. I yeah. love this is I mean, I want to say it just because we're talking about this scene. But when they bring the cage down and <laughs> when you're you're reacting with him and that's just the best part. He's like, well, you know, I didn't sign up for a cage. <laughs> I do want to mention before because I, I think we're going to be kind of moving into what 
Uh, I think we are with Uncle Ben. But I, I just want to go a little back. Braden mentioned it before with Uncle Ben's speech. And, I mean, there's a lot of resonation there that I could see because I grew up, you know, I, I have a stepfather my whole life. I, you know, I lost my father when I was really young. And so you have this other father figure here. And when you get in heated debate with that father figure, you might say stuff that goes right to the right to the heart, you know, and him saying, stop pretending to be my dad, you might my father and everything like that has to take such a blow on yeah. Uncle Ben. And that's like one of the last things he's ever going to say to his uncle. But and just that. Oh, sorry. No, I was just saying that's adults know that, though, because like my yeah. dad is yeah. my dad is not my biological father. And I have definitely thrown out that line a couple definitely, of times. Definitely, me too. Yeah. And honestly, yeah, honestly, like instant regret when you say it. But the adult knows in that situation that it's a young person venting. And that's how I like to look at this stuff, especially with this movie, because <laughs> I guess maybe that's how I have to cope with it, but <laughs> right. I don't know about you, Q, but... Well, Spider-Man said it. Yeah. <laughs> right? Hey. So it's just like, but, ooh, ooh. Yeah. Feels. I think it just, I think it just, it tells you because Uncle Ben gives him this speech about becoming a man and you're going to be dealing with things that you're not used to. I mean, it's... It's crazy because Peter's getting these powers and he's figuring them out. And I mean, this has a very big, you know, impact and it can be seen as puberty. You know, mm-hmm. it's it's a such it's a such thing as that is that there's this this um, avenue where you can kind of view his spider senses. He's coming into his own. He's com- he's becoming a man. I mean, that's what all men go through is different changes and. Uncle Ben is obviously talking about the puberty aspect, but, you know, mm-hmm. we can see it as, you know, you are going to be bigger than this. You're going to be bigger than you ever thought you could be. And you need to know that we're here for you. And all this responsibility, I mean, all this power that you have, you have to be responsible with it. And it's just a beautiful scene. And Cliff Robertson did such a great job as Uncle Ben. And he really like with as much or as little screen time as he has, he really does make an impact um, where it didn't seem like to move wire. And Cliff Robertson just met on set, like we said, with, you know, James Franco and him. It felt like this has been a relationship for years. Yeah. Genuine. Beautiful. So, yeah. Oh, yeah. That car conversation is Definitely impactful. And if he, I mean, like, of course, we all grew up knowing. I, I don't know when people learn Spider-Man's story, but like even when I watched this movie, I already knew that I knew Spider-Man's, you know, origin story. But even watching that car scene at that time, you're just like, oh, this is the last conversation they're going to have. Yeah. Like, oh. And it hurts every time. Right. It does, no matter what version, any way they do it, however they do it. Yeah, because, yeah, I mean, we do see a – no, I'm not going to get in there. I'm just saying that they – Go there. Amazing <laughs> Spider-Man didn't do it as well. 
That's all I'm trying to mm-hmm. say. Okay. Um, you mean everything? No. No, 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 no. But yeah, so Gary, I mean, you kind of could could see this because you've seen the Amazing Spider-Man. I mean, do you think that this one resonated as as much as maybe the one that you saw, you know, in 2012? Well, I will say it's been a while since I've seen that one, but I think there are pros and cons things i like about you know both iterations this one i think overall ben's uh uncle ben's his whole story and the way he is portrayed in this movie his role in this movie is done very well i really do think that the storytelling of this film despite all the little things that i you know don't like about it i feel like it tells a really good story it's emotionally impactful i think for me um what what hit me more than even that one car scene with Uncle Ben was the scene w- right after the wrestling match, you know, um, that thief comes in and, you know, Spider-Man lets him get away and it's like, oh, and the, but but he does it because he's trying to, like, show um, that his the, the wrestling guy, the manager, like, yeah. hey, you should have, uh, you know, I forget the line exactly, but he's like. That's not my problem. Something yeah, like that. You know? exactly and it, I, yeah. I was sitting there like, yeah, like, yeah, go, 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 Peter, you know, like, <laughs> but then that that's when you realize that this is the same thief that uh, was the one that murdered basically. Uh, yeah, that hit me. That was yeah. so terrible. That was a terrible feeling. I like, can only imagine your face when you're like. Oh yeah, get him, Spider Man! Get him, Spider Man! And then the yeah. beanie comes off, and then he's got the <laughs> yeah. ice tips. Yeah, ice tips. Exactly. <laughs> well, uh, no, I, hated, I yeah. hated that hair. Oh god! Yeah. <laughs> but that you know they made it that like blatantly ugly, just so you'd be like, wait a minute, yeah, I've seen that horrible hair before. <laughs> <laughs> no, <laughs> he could have just had a green mohawk. Yeah, the late nineties though. That was a thing in the late nineties. Yeah. <laughs> I to tell you guys. <laughs> okay. That, Actually, yeah. people did that to their hair. Um, <laughs> That's scary. <laughs> you weren't one of them, Amanda? No, oh. really not. But <laughs> I Fieri. had to do that to oh a few people's hairs. Oh, I bet. Yeah. <laughs> but even with that, then you have him confronting that guy. And then you have, like, this young guy, and he pushes the guy out the window. I mean, just, I don't know. I just like how they did this movie where it's like, uh, he just killed someone. Yes, it was in vengeance, and yes, it was for his uncle, but, I mean, that's a heavy weight compared to the person we see at the very beginning of the film. I mean, that's a lot of stuff to happen, let alone being, like, awkward around, you know, his crush and everything else. But, yeah, I I mean, yes, of course, if something happened to one of one of my loved ones, I would want to do the same thing, but would I do it in that moment? Especially if I had like a, an interaction and in exchange and let alone somebody that I'd seen before that, <laughs> like, Oh, it's heavy. It's very heavy. Yeah. And yeah. Then, and then right away, you know, he's, he's got to deal with everything else with being Spider-Man, you know? Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's, they don't waste any time after uncle Ben's death. I mean, we kind of get the epitome and like the best montage in a superhero film of him doing all these good things and all these New Yorkers talking and everything. I love that montage. It's such a great scene. Yes. And like 
they they kind of keep the suit uh, a secret. Yeah. I think that was done yeah. so well. He like you're stinks. seeing, yeah, you're seeing like glimpses, <laughs> and people are like, eight legs, wacko, kind of hot. You know, like I love <laughs> all of that. So it was, I don't know, just that that montage was was just a great introduction to just the the spider-man like we got him he's here you know i also like that this movie i feel like it didn't um it didn't show you things that were just unnecessary like we didn't need to see how peter made the second suit because it didn't matter like he was already doing cool stuff we were like, all right, we got a new suit. Doesn't matter. I mean, there's yeah, no thank way. Thank God we don't actually like go into that. Because yeah. <laughs> I feel like some other movies it would have been like, yeah, I don't know. I just feel like things well, like that. Well, they tried that in the Amazing Spider-Man yeah, too. Like it's it's like a bobsledding outfit is yeah, what he gets, and it's whatever. Anyway, no. <laughs> like we already know that obviously Peter Parker with his skill set could not make this suit ever, especially someone his age, but. You don't. They don't show that. You don't even think about it. You're just like, all right, that's Spider-Man. You go suit. with it. You yeah. have to. And that's, you know, I feel like if you don't put the spotlight on it, then, well, why even think about it? Yeah, I will say they, when Christopher Nolan tackled Batman and Batman Begins, they actually addressed how he got his suit and everything, and that is a good, good job right there of how to kind of create the origins of how the suit was made. But you know, that's another franchise and an, an entire. So. Um, An entire different uh, retro reel. Right. (laughs) Um, But yeah, so we kind of mentioned Green Goblin. I mean, I think we should maybe talk about the fight scenes that we kind of get because for a movie, for a quote unquote action film, this doesn't have the most grand fight scenes. Am I right in saying that? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It'll it'll obviously be up the ante in the next one. Woo! Anyway, but um, <laughs> yeah, let's kind of talk about this. So Spider-Man and Green Goblin meet at the at Times Square, you know, where there's this huge festival going on. Um, what do you what do you think of that scene? I'm gonna start with Gary. Yeah, um, that scene was. I mean, it was. It wasn't. It was. It was fine. I think. Uh, I don't really have any, you know, crazy opinions about it. Uh, it was very, I guess, uh, suspenseful. I guess you have MJ, you know, sitting on that, uh, about to fall to her death um, for a very long time. They leave her hanging there for a while. I mean, <laughs> uh, so that was. <laughs> but, yeah, no, I, I mean, like you said, there's not a, a whole bunch of, you know, fighting or action in the movie but that was a really good that that brought a lot of action suspense um yeah you liked it okay um amanda i mean this is our first time kind of seeing spider-man and green goblin like meet on a cinematic level you mean we've seen it in the comic book pages we saw it in tv like cartoon tv shows but this is like it this is the start of something bigger i mean do you think they they landed it um, maybe not 100%, but, uh, I wish, uh, yeah, with this, with this film, with this introduction, you know, like looking back on it, like at the time when I watched it, yeah, I was in a hundred percent, but looking back and seeing all of the other superhero movies that we've had and everything else that we've experienced, 
Yeah, the Green Goblin stuff should have been introduced a lot earlier, but it's it's great for what it was because you do have the suspense and like the what's gonna happen, like how are they gonna figure out what to do and how's Spider Man gonna like get through this whole thing. So yes, it was suspenseful and entertaining, but I wish some of this Green Goblin stuff would have happened way before like I, like we're talking like the last what twenty minutes of the movie and I kind of wish it would have happened a lot earlier. Right. Yeah. I think it's it's interesting just because the like I said, this film takes its time. It's I, I think it's very, very much paced well. But like we get that introduction of Green Goblin and Spider Man meeting and then after that, they actually have a sit-down conversation. That isn't very well-known in other films. It's always like punch, punch, stab, stab, and Dead. quips. Yeah, and like quips and stuff, and that's it. But, I mean, the scene where, you know, you don't see a lot of dialogue carefully written for a hero and villain where they discuss, you know, they're not going to love you. You know, there's going to be something that happens, and... They're going to think you're a menace. And I think that was so well done because Green Goblin's trying to relate to Peter. You know, he's mm-hmm. like, we're both new at this. I get this. But, like, they're going to look at us like shiny new toys. But after that, what's left of us? So join me. And I love that. Yeah. And their whole fight in that, like, weird uh, garden scene where you see, like, Peter's, like, you know, like, his Spider-Man mask is like half off, half ripped off and everything. It's it's kind of scary, but I love it. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Man, just I love it. Let's 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 kind of go a little little more deep in there because we have the scene where um I want to talk about the Thanksgiving scene because that's where Norman realizes that this is Spider-Man, the the nerdy kid from, you know, that his friends or his son's best friend is the guy he's been fighting this whole time. I mean, everything in that scene was just so well done. And, you know, it's again, it's it, we've never seen anything like that before. And I dare say we haven't really seen anything since. I will say that in Homecoming, there's a really great scene, you know, um, where he's starting to realize who, uh, like, the villain is realizing who Peter is. But I don't know, like, without this Thanksgiving scene, we wouldn't have had that scene. You know, it's just I love the realization in Willem Dafoe's face, and he just does it so well. Yeah, I agree. I I think... um something that i just i think it's such a satisfying end to uh his i guess his what's the word um antagonist but him being an antagonist yes. what are you talking like <laughs> um wow actually i'm gonna need a second to that's fine I'm completely <laughs> derailed cut that off it's fine yeah. um just creating no. more work for me yep uh so i i feel like uh when i just god 
I can't actually say what I'm trying to say. Give me a second. Someone else talk. I can't. It's, like, <laughs> it's not, it's it's not loading. Feel? Do what? Saying, what like, did it have you in the feels? Yeah, it did. Okay, yeah. So I feel like um, the whole movie, it's kind of not, I mean, it's obvious, but not clearly said. But that the goblin, whatever, whatever superhuman stuff he did, created this alter ego. That he he didn't feel the same aggression and the the impulsiveness that the the green goblin did, but it was the voice inside of his head. It was the it's you know it was strong enough to make him go and do all all of these horrible things. And 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 then you see at the end, uh, maybe they're the same person actually, because. You know, you think, oh, he's gonna—he was blaming it on the goblin. He's blaming it on the goblin. But I think really that final scene where they're they're having their last bit of dialogue together before he gets split in half by his glider. Um, I feel like that's when you actually see, oh, this guy's—he deserves to die because he's actually insane and he can't just keep blaming this uh, this goblin. You know, this mm-hmm. voice in his head. I think that's what's cool about that scene is you realize he is past the point of no return um, and it's time to go. Lights out. Yeah. Lights out. (laughs) Um, Anything you want to add, Gary? I was just going to say, I think his whole, the whole Green Goblin story and well, also, you know, Osborne story is just really bittersweet for me. Um, Like exactly what Brayden was saying. For me, uh, though, like, that's, you know, Harry's dad. He had this, you know, not the greatest uh, relationship with his dad. Mm-hmm. And then his last, I'm pretty sure his last words, the Ring Goblin's last words were, don't tell Harry. And I was like, I don't know. It just didn't make <laughs> me feel like, of course, he's he's this crazy guy. He might be too far gone. Maybe he didn't need to go. But it's just it's just sad. I will say, though, what hurt me even more is I hate to compare, but Amazing Spider-Man 2 that Green Goblin and his whole relationship with, you know, um, Parker and just himself and the struggle that he has. I, that, oh, now that is something I, that really gets me. But, I mean, this was good, too. It, it was it was really bittersweet. Good, too. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I No, I, I'm yeah. glad that you, you brought that up because, I mean, we're definitely, we'll be talking about that relationship uh, mm-hmm. in later episodes. Yeah. And. If Harry didn't already have daddy issues, which he Ooh. did. Now he's got spidey issues. <laughs> <laughs> he's completely out of it, man. Yeah. Um, yeah, I actually want to gauge more of that. So hold on to that because I want to I want to gauge more of that uh, later. Um, but I, let's talk. Let's talk just briefly about the hospital scene um, before we get into the big battle, because we have the scene where. Um, Mary Jane Watson talks to Peter and tells him that she has a crush on Spider-Man and you have this really great scene of Peter, you know, talking to Spider-Man and telling MJ what he told him, you know, and, um, that whole, like, he is just such a hopeless romantic, you know? 
And like, I think that's where I got it. Cause I, I, I think that like he, you know, he's saying all these things to MJ and just saying that like, you're, 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 you make a person scared, but happy, you know? And it's just like, damn, Peter, like throwing all that out there. And MJ's like, damn, Peter, you know, like it's all just like, <laughs> not what you expect. What did you guys think about that scene? Um, one thing I have to say about it, which was shocking, because he, he went on that tangent for a while, and you're like, okay, okay, <laughs> I get it. Awkward. And then all she has to say is, you really said that to him? <laughs> like, <laughs> she, she wasn't like, wow, you should be a poet, Peter. Yeah. Or like, wow, you're insane, and why are you so obsessed with me? <laughs> it was well, Mariah Carey. <laughs> what about you, Amanda? Oh, gosh. <laughs> I just echo what you guys say. <laughs> uh, but, man, Kirsten Dunst with her red hair. Um, there's that scene where she's, uh, oh, what is it, like, where she's fighting the guys that are going to attack her and everything and do whatever. And, yes. Of course, Peter Parker comes in, saves the day. I love it. The rain's coming down. Yeah, <laughs> yeah the rain's coming down, and he, you know, he they do that iconic kiss. I mean, mm-hmm. it's it's something that you know. Oh gosh, yeah, <laughs> has been spooked for years. You know, years um, and years. <laughs> the one thing that comes to my mind is Jack Black and Sarah Michelle Gellar when they did it. I, I can't remember. I think it was for like a. <laughs> 2002 like Grammys or not not Grammys Oscars Oscars yeah Grammys music (laughs) (laughs) but it was it was so funny so if you haven't seen that check that out because that is just great because there's a lot of little things that they make fun of and I think it was all really great but seeing Jack Black's beer gut and and that (laughs) Spider-Man suit is just something unholy um (laughs) but Gary what did you think of that upside down kiss because I mean you're you were aware of that, right? Well, what do you mean by aware? Like, did I see that coming? I mean, did you know of it? Did you know of that scene um, or like the I upside mean, down kiss? I probably I don't think I was I don't think I was aware of it honestly. I mean, you guys said it was really iconic. I've probably seen, you know, it. I, I've, just growing up, it's probably been. I've probably, I guess I'm trying to say, it's probably been around. I just didn't notice it was from Spider-Man or re- really, I don't know. But no, I don't think I was, I guess, actively aware of it. I, I, uh, I, I didn't see it coming. I didn't think that was a, you know, up, upside down kissing. <laughs> I didn't think that was a thing. I mean, <laughs> you know, but obviously. Oh God, it's like one of the like, oh gosh. <laughs> but I mean, it was it was iconic. Now that you say that, I mean, yeah, um, really big moment for Spider-Man and NJ. Um, yeah, it was it was pretty uh, d- dramatic too. You got the rain coming down. Um, just you know, beat up some thugs. So yeah, yeah. Was- yeah. Peter, uh, pulls down Tommy- the mask and everything. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Tobey Maguire said he almost drowned during that scene because he couldn't breathe. You know, because oh, <laughs> his mouth is in Kirsten Dunst and like the the rain is just going up his nose yeah, or down his nose. I down should say. In the rain. He, he's like. So uh, he's like, yeah, I don't even remember that kiss. I was too focused on trying to live. So, <laughs> <laughs> but 
super hot. Yeah, faux show. <laughs> um, but yeah, so we got the bridge scene. And this is what I'm talking about, that it's reminiscent of um, the Gwen Stacy, the night Gwen Stacy died, because Gary, I know that, you know, it's kind of talked about in or seen in a later film, but mm-hmm. uh, that happens in the comics where Peter, where Green Goblin captures Gwen Stacy and Peter throws his web down and he grabs her, but he snaps her neck like mm-hmm. the web snaps her neck and kills her. And so. There was speculation, like from a lot of people, apparently that that was going to happen to MJ and people. <laughs> I know it's a dramatic film, or like this is a high intense thing. There, there's no way they would kill Kirsten that would Dunst. Be, like immediately, I would turn the movie off. <laughs> In the I mean, it would be film. a David Fincher film, you know. Yeah. <laughs> so, but yeah, you had to choose between a cart full of kids or like uh you know what the hell are those things it, called is it a um it was like, like almost I, I i can't think Angela? what it's called Angela? yeah it was kind of like that but a cabin full of kids or mj and <laughs> when they see when the kids are watching spider-man run towards mj <laughs> they're probably like what the fuck because no. <laughs> he looks at mj just like yeah. Save me. They're like, save us, Spider-Man. <laughs> yeah. Come and get us now. Oh, man. Uh, it was a great scene, though. I mean, yeah. it was impactful. All, the whole thing. Awesome. Yeah, the the action set piece for the final fight was just brilliant. Mm-hmm. And, Braden, you kind of mentioned, you know, like everything he realizes that it's it's uh, Green Goblin is Norman Osborn. And you get this wonderful scene of just him saying, I had a father and his name was Ben Parker, which is the biggest character development yep. that he could have had throughout the film. I mean, were you guys satisfied, Amanda? Oh, yeah, 100%. <laughs> I, Gary? Yeah. Oh, sorry. I was like, no, I, I, I dig this. Yeah. I mean, Gary, did you go with it? I mean, what were you feeling towards the end there during that scene where, you know, Goblin gets gets done? Gobbled. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I'm going to be honest. I wasn't even like, I mean, is this, it wasn't a kid's movie. This was just like a, you know, just a superhero movie. I was like, oh man, this is, this got serious, you know, after <laughs> yeah. that happened. I wasn't expecting it, honestly, but I mean... Yeah, no, I mean, I agree with what everyone else said, pretty much. For sure. But, yeah, then we get the funeral scene, and, I mean, Harry basically says, fuck Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and um, MJ tells Peter that he's been the one always, which I totally understand that she feels that way. Maybe the the speech at the hospital kind of swayed her that way. But, man, she is bouncing like a ping pong to these boys, you know, <laughs> all three of them. Oh, yeah, yeah for sure. So, like, I, I get the sense as to why, because this is Peter's like dream is getting the girl. And he realizes that because of Ben Parker, he can't accept the responsibility of of making sure that she is safe forever, you know. And I don't know. I mean, it, obviously, it was a very, very grown-up decision. But damn, everybody. I mean, I was like, come on, man. You can make it work. 
Yep. I mean, Gary, even you, you, yep. you're like, yep. what? What the hell? <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. I was just thinking that. Like, I was very surprised. I mean, I honestly didn't see it coming. I guess there's I, – I know it's – I feel – I have a feeling there's three films that can't just end, like, their relationship like this, obviously. I mean, unless if, – if it does, that's really something. But uh, <laughs> I, I honestly did not – I mean, I was – I thought he was crazy. Like, like he said, he, his dreams came true. When that scene happened, the funeral scene, when she confesses his feelings to him, I literally thought he was in a dream. I'm not even kidding because I thought it's going <laughs> way too well. She's saying exactly what he wants to hear. Is he going to wake up? Didn't wake up. He, he actually like, and I, I get why he turned her down. I get that, but it's also like, uh, I mean, come on now. You, uh, I don't know. Right. Amanda. <laughs> I can't wait for him to watch the second film. Oh, me um, too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I, I think Ooh. I think overall it was the smart move on his part, and this this movie had to tide us over for two years before the or like for the next sequel, you know. And man, I yeah, I I literally can't wait to talk about the second one for sure, but. I mean, is there anything else that we want to discuss before we rate this thing? Um, I. What do you guys think of uh, J.K. Simmons? <gasps> oh my oh, God! Yes. We didn't mention J. Jonah Jameson or any of those right? characters. Wow! Yes. Uh, we are the worst <laughs> podcasters in the history of podcasting because we. No. They. I mean, J. Jonah Jameson is one of the best characters in comic book history. I mean, we can all agree to yeah. that, right? Yeah. Easily. Right. And thank God he's coming Mark back. back. It's just ah, uh, he's the perg. I, I love J.K. Simmons, and so he. As I'm, I'm a sucker for anything that he does. Yes. Right. And I discovered earlier that he's bald, bearded, and ripped. Yeah. And that's awesome. He's, he's actually really gonna be. Him. Yeah, he's gonna actually be fighting uh, along with Spider-Man in this No Way Home film. So <laughs> it'll be it'll be a good time. <laughs> Um, with a cigar. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I do too. And those characters, Robbie Robbins or Robbie Robertson and uh uh what's it? Hoffman. I love Hoffman, which is Ted Raimi, Sam Raimi's brother. And then freaking what's her name? Betty Brandt's character, Elizabeth, Elizabeth Banks. Elizabeth, Elizabeth Banks. Banks. I mean, she's a big star now too. I mean, she's yeah. a director now and everything. And I mean That's amazing. Uh, it is. And here she is. You know, she went for the role of Mary Jane. She could have oh, gotten wow. it. Yeah, she sh- she should have been it. But I mean, <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I'm sold. Yeah, Kirsten, Kirsten, Kirsten Dunst did a great job. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll give her that. OK, she for did. now. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, so I'm glad you mentioned that. Thanks for mentioning that. Um, Gary, is there anything you felt we still need to discuss? Are you, are you ready to rate this? Oh, I think, I think we had some great discussion. I think I'm ready to rate this. Okay. Well, we are going to start with Brayden on rating Spider-Man, the 2002 film, one to three reels. And yes, you can have 0. 0.5, 0.75, 0.3, Six six, whatever you want to do, go. Okay, wow. Um, this movie was very nice, and the nostalgia felt great. 
but it's not a perfect movie, and I know others might think highly, but I will. I'm gonna give it a two. What? I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I heard that sigh. That like breathe in. <laughs> All right. Um, what about you, Gary? I was actually going to give it the same reading. I was going to go with a two. And my reasons for that is I think the story is great. Um, it very emotionally impactful. Uh, some great characters, too. The main issue for me is the main character, the star, Tobey Maguire. And I feel like also um, Harry, James Franco. I feel like the performances weren't, you know amazing and maybe a little a few other things here and there that kind of took the rating down a bit but it was a good movie i I would watch it again i I liked it okay and amanda i know that you and i when we rate stuff on our original feed uh with the genres we uh, we like we the way we rate them is we always usually do a film that um, a friend of ours picks or a co-host or um, a guest host. And so this is kind of a different format because mm-hmm. um, this this is a film that, you know, it was presented to us and the way that we're going to be doing this. So I know for a fact, I can, I can already tell that you're going to rate this in a different way than <laughs> what we did in the, it, what we do on our original feed. So I'm really excited to hear your, your, uh, your review or your rating. Yes. Um, for me, this is like a 2.8. This was like the introduction to comic book movies. I love uh, all of the main actors, like Franco, Defoe, Kirsten, like, and obviously Maguire. Um, I loved all of them. This. It was a good ride, and this was like the first movie into the introduction of comic book movies. And I feel like, yes, I mean, now um, maybe we didn't need like the whole Uncle Ben death scene, but that's now. That's now in uh, 2021. But at that time in 02. It was perfect. It was a perfectly done movie. Yeah. So, yeah. I love that. This is so hard (laughs) to rate. (laughs) I'm going to be harsh with these reviews because this is, like I said, this is a different kind of reviewing and a different kind of uh, movie review that we're doing. As Braden said, this film isn't perfect, and that's true. But... It is damn near it. I mean, I watched this film the other day and I was super excited to watch it. And I've definitely seen this a lot of times. Like I, I burned through at least three DVDs of this film and just went digital because <laughs> I, I just I, I don't want to ruin another disc. You know, I watched the bonus features for this film on repeat for years and I loved it. It was everything to me. And I watched this as like a six, seven year old, you know, watching behind the scenes. You know, I don't know what the hell is going on. They're all saying like, you know, but I just wanted more. And I bought the books. I played the games. I played those games a lot. 
Um, so this had a very big impact on me, but as a film, this will probably sit at a 2.5 because there's so much more room for improvement. And I can't believe I'm saying that, but it gets better. Mm. <laughs> it does. Like yeah. it does. It gets better. I'm ready. Gary, I can't wait for you to see what Spider-Man two has in store for it. And for you, sir, I'm because this man, that's all I got to say. Um, so yeah, we're sitting at two twos. We have a 2.8 and a 2.5. For the first Spider-Man film in our retro reel reviews, um, this has been a blast. I can't believe that we got this together, and it's just the beginning, folks. So we will be back to review Spider-Man Two uh, again, directed by Sam Raimi, and I can't wait. So um, if there's nothing else that needs to be said we can't wait to see you everybody's gonna go ahead and say bye so we're gonna say bye now bye all right thank Later. you guys for thanks for having me you yeah, know and we will be back so as always keep it retro real so, so, so.